for a long time of my herbalism, I always was just waiting for that grandmother to show up. You know, I always dreamt that I, I wish I had a grandmother that could just take me under her wing and teach me everything. And it just never had, it just didn't exist for me in my culture and my lineage. And so I had to just formally apprentice myself to the earth. Hi friends. Welcome back to the medicine stories podcast where we are remembering what it is to be human upon the earth. I am Amber Magnolia Hill, and this is episode 96, where I am interviewing my teacher in herbalism and so much more, Cammie McBride. Not everything the plants know has been written down. There is another level of wisdom that can only be accessed by direct communication with the living earth. When we cultivate an embodied knowing of the natural world, We realize that we don't need any special gifts or gurus or long lists of memorized plant constituents to mediate our relationship with our more than human kin. Let us open our channels of perception and reclaim our ancestral birthright to be in direct communication with our mother planet and those we share it with. Kami really opened me to the realm of plant communication back in 2007 And I'm so grateful to her and so happy that we had this conversation. As always, there is a wonderful bonus over at patreon.com slash medicine stories for the patrons of this podcast at the $5 a month level. Thank you so much for making it possible. So this is a video guidance led by Cami for self-exploratory journey into your plant communication continuum. When were you first called by the plants? Who in your family held the wisdom of earth-based knowledge? Even if it was generations ago, you can rekindle the awareness that this way of working with the plants is in your family line, is in your bones, is in your blood. How do we access the living wisdom of the earth? We begin by asking. And as you will hear in this conversation, Kami and I have both had multiple experiences with this. Kami has guided thousands of people into a direct relationship with the earth and the plants. And we just have a whole lot to say about it. I love this conversation. I love exploring, yeah, as I said, our ancestral birthright to to have non-mediated relationships with the world. This is what everyone before us did. It is not beyond us. It is right here for us. Cami tells a really beautiful story at the end. I'm so glad I asked. You can hear that like she mentions it and then we move on and you know it was like time to wrap up and I almost didn't say, "Hey, do you want to share the whole story that you just mentioned?" and I'm really glad I did because it's very beautiful and very touching. Thank you for being here. I'm just going to say again, even though I said it in the most recent episode, that we are going to be moving this fall and I'm also staying in the same area. People keep saying, oh no, I can't believe you're leaving Nevada City, but we're not. And I'm also transitioning my young-ish, 72-year-old alcoholic father into long-term care. He's sober now. Maybe I'll tell that whole story someday on the podcast. But, you know, major life shifts that come with a lot of 
bureaucracy and paperwork and the kind of stuff I hate doing. And that's going to take a lot of my energy. So I will always, always continue doing this podcast, but there might be some more longer breaks (laughs) than we're used to. Oh, I want to say too that, so I had a survey that I announced in the most recent episode, I think, or maybe it was two episodes ago. And thank you to those of you who filled it out. It's closed now, but just sort of trying to help me um, understand more what I can do to better the podcast. Someone responded and they're all anonymous, so I can't see who has been a podcast producer in the past. And if you're listening, your responses were so helpful and I would love to chat with you. If you're out there, please email me. <laughs> okay, y'all, let's dive into this beautiful conversation with my beloved teacher, Cami McBride. Hi, Cami. Welcome to your fourth interview on my podcast. Oh, Amber, I'm so glad to be here. I love this show. <laughs> Thank you. The show wouldn't <laughs> exist if it weren't for you. Ah. <laughs> For anyone who hasn't heard us speak before or doesn't know our history, I took I took an herbal oil making workshop from you at the Sacramento Natural Foods Co-op in 2005 when I was working there and you know got on your like actual sign up <laughs> mailing list back then and um in 2007 when you were offering your cultivating the herbal medicine woman within apprenticeship in person, I signed up and came with my tiny baby once a month for 13 months. And that was the beginning of our relationship. And you have, you know, by far been my most important teacher. And I just feel so grateful, Cami. I've said this so many times, but that you were my first teacher because a lot of people who start walking the plant path get really overwhelmed by all the information. There's so much information. There's so many plants. I mean, there's basically an infinite number of plants in the world. We're constantly learning about (laughs) medicinal uses for all of them. There are how, I mean, can you believe how just even the books? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Just in the last year. It's crazy. Yes. And I mean, it's awesome. This is what people were working for so long is to get more people into herbal healing, but people get super overwhelmed by the amount of information that's out there. So what you taught me and so many other thousands of students from the very beginning is that not everything the plants do or know has been written down. There is this whole other realm of plant knowing. What do you call it plant communication? Yeah, plant communication or plant relationship, right? It's really about your relationship with the plants. And it's, you know, I when I... I I don't know if you know my, just real quick, I had a side effect from taking a medication when I was a teenager and that medication side effect, I had to have brain surgery. (laughs) And when I came out of that brain surgery, my face was different. You know, there was no like denying. And so at a really early age, I I had to like, you know, figure out this like standard medicine and that there had to be another way. And so I started herb class yoga school, shamanism training, massage school, like biofeedback training. Like I was just, I just went crazy. I just studied, I just jumped into everything in the world that I could find to try to find my answer of like, to my question, isn't there another way? And so early on, when I, when I first started studying with the, you know, about the plants, I was already doing all this yoga training and breathwork training and meditation training. And so I came in with this whole, you know, and studying the brain, the biofeedback 
way of like listening and tuning in on a different level. So I just immediately applied, applied that to my plant studies. And so that just was always part, you know, and out of all those techniques, I fell in love with the plants the most. Right. <laughs> and so I started teaching really right away because I was drafted by all the other massage therapists. So like, you got to show me what you're doing and the oils. Right. And so if you came to class with me from the very beginning, it was, you know, materia medica, plant ID, medicine, making, making our oils, our herbal kitchen. But I always had this extra piece of meditating and plant communication and guided visualizations, you know? <laughs> and so people would come to class. They're like, I, you know, I know you do this other trip, you know, like, you know, woo woo plan communication. I just want you to know, I'm just there for the materia medica and the medicine making. And, and I'm just putting up with this other stuff. Right. <laughs> and so I had so many students that they just were not into that piece, but I always did it. I always did it. I always had people slow down and communicate. And so the reason why I feel so confident that it's for everybody and anybody is because of those 30 years of teaching like that. And all the people that like, I'm not into this. And then watching them, you know, their brains start to remember, like they would just do the exercises and go, I don't know, you guys are making this stuff up, you know, and then every single person, something would happen and their brain and their nervous system would remember and then they would have an experience. And then that was it. The door was open. Some people, the door opened right away. Some people, it took longer time. But I watched it open from, for every single person from every walk of life, you know, from just all oh, everybody. And, and you know, around you, the third or fourth class, like, you you know, people would study with me for a while. I'd see somebody, like, curled up in the in a ball in the corner just weeping, <laughs> after our plant communication meditation. And then she had remembered her heart had opened, her nervous system had opened, and she remembered her innate, her, her lifetime of, you know, her early memories or that it was just a capacity for her. And so I've just seen that over and over and over again. So I know just without a shadow of a doubt that it's for everybody. It's in all of us. We have it. It's part of being human. And it's just a matter of reawakening that, that memory. Yeah, it's really innate and it's a cultural lie that we can't do it or that it, like you said, is woo-woo or out there. Even to the point where um, my husband, Owen, when he was like in his 20s, had a really profound, unexpected, <laughs> unsought after plant communication experience and thought that he was crazy. Like he was really questioning his sanity. And when we talk about the story now, it's like that happens to him all the time now because he's cultivated it and he knows it's normal, but he was, that's how disconnected our culture is that he was scared that something was wrong with him because this plant clearly communicated to him. Yeah. Well, so the thing is we don't study herbal medicine in a vacuum, right? We're part of a culture that is uh, shredding the biosphere and using the planet up beyond its capacity. I mean, we, the way we have of relating with the earth, it, it actually needs to change, right? And there's just this amazing cultural barbed wire, barbed wire that I see that most people bump up against, you know? And so in, in my course, Plant Wisdom, we go back to the very beginning, you know, who, you know, who in your life maybe gave you permission to have knowing and um, maybe had a garden or whatever. What, what, first we get really clear about what is your cultural permission? You know, what do you, what do you come to the table with, right? What's your personal plant relationship history that you have in place? How much trauma do you have around that? How much 
how much validation, right? I mean, it, it's it's really we have to go back to the very beginning and get into get back to that state of awe. Remember our first callings, you know, and know our calling stories. Like your husband, he had a calling. He has a calling story. He was called, but it's it's not it's not validated. It's not caught. You know, we don't, for the most part, as a, not, it's not for everybody, right? But how I was raised, raised, none of my awe experiences were caught. You know, it was just like, whatever, whatever, whatever. I remember I had, there was a tree in my grandmother's backyard and I spent a lot of time at my grandmother's house. And from the age one till six, I was in that tree all the time. Just, it was a short tree and I could just scramble up and sit in that tree, Right. And one day I came, came over there and it had been cut down and I was just, you know, I I was five years old. I was crying. I was screaming. I was so upset and nobody, everyone's just like, wow, do you see how Cammy reacted to that tree? You know, there was no, nobody, nobody supported me. Nobody received my pain. Nobody. So here I had this incredible relationship just severed just completely severed and wiped away and nobody acknowledged or received my trauma, you know? And so it set something up with me that at any minute, because see the tree was the same relationship as with humans at any minute, any relationship could just be severed, you know, it said it created a trauma pattern. And so we have trauma around relating, you know, with, with humans and non-humans. And, and so we have to, we really have to go back and, and, and see how it is that we, were supported or not supported in our our earth communication and relationship and that's one of the one of the first places that we start because how many of you have been you know eye rolled woo woo told you're crazy all that that is part of the cultural barbed wire right that is what we want to belong and when when you start being put down and belittled and outcast for your communication in awe your awe communication for, for so many of us, the door just shuts because it's like, wow, that's, you know, we want to do what we're given praise for, right? As a child, it's like, oh, you're saying the ABCs, yay. Oh, you're riding your bike, yay. So you just start doing more of that and all your awe experiences are just, you know, they're just kind of ignored. It's not, you sit at the table and you talk about sports or whatever and nobody says oh wow did you hear did you hear amber's major download from the butterflies this morning wow you know <laughs> that's not the conversation <laughs> oh that makes me just long for that uh-huh. and I, I remember doing that exercise with you with like going back to your earliest memories of nature communication of awe I, I love that you're using that word because that that is what happens to all of us once we really tune in to the natural world. And I think we all have that. We have, there was a dandelion on the sidewalk or I remember, so for me, I remember dandelions coming up through my lawn. I remember these little brown mushrooms and being like, oh my God, what are these? I remember playing hide and go seek in the snow in Lake Tahoe. And I had hidden myself. This is after dark too. So it was probably like middle school age, hidden myself under a Jeffrey pine tree. Cause you know, there's snow, but there's like the depression in the snow under the tree and no one found me. And I was like, so happy. Cause I was like, Oh my God, me and this tree are like broing down right now. You guys go on with your, your game. But you know, also like we tend to even poo poo those things in children, like cute. Oh, you talk to the dandelion, but not really take it seriously. Belittle it. 
I think we've all been probably belittled in our awe. Absolutely. And so our job now is to catch that when it's in front of us. So I have a story. We um, There's a family that we spend Thanksgiving and different holidays with. And the five-year-old, you know, so I'm I'm always in charge of the pies and he's always in charge of the turkey. And, we, you know, we're all like, all the adults are in the kitchen, like, you know, getting Thanksgiving on the table, right? So in comes the five-year-old into the kitchen and she comes in and she's got a silkworm, a little silkworm hanging from the silk. And she's like, oh! Oh, look, look at the silkworm. <laughs> and one adult's like, oh yeah, that's nice. That's nice. And then the, she just wasn't going to take that BS answer, you know? So she goes to the next adult and like, oh, look at and she went from one. And even she came to me, I was like, oh, that's really nice. You know? And then I was like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, this is the, I am standing in the presence of awe. Stop drop everything. Isn't this why we all took our kids out of school? Isn't this why we are like doing the life we're doing? This is it right here. So what you do is you drop down and you get you. So I just dropped to my knees, looked at her right in the eye, and then I matched her vibration. Just, just like you have to match the awe in the children when they come to you with it, even no matter how busy you are, you got to just drop everything and Get into the presence of awe and and just just ride that wave with them and just be like, oh my God, oh my God. yeah. And just just again, it's like about matching their vibration because then they go, Oh, that's real. Wow, she this is real what's happening to me. You know, I can feel that she is, you know, they feel the deep validation. And then you just be like, Well, I wonder about this and I wonder what it's doing and I wonder where it's going. And and you just ride that on until they're like, you know, on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. And that is our job as parents and caregivers and caretakers is to just when we when we are in the presence of awe, we got to drop down and match it and validate it so that that child can take that awe and know that it is real. I am really linking this now in my own life and reflecting on my daughter who just turned six as well to like when that like awe gets shut down and curiosity gets shut down at a very young age. I mean, for me, it was kindergarten. It was straight up the minute I got into school. Cause I'm thinking like Nixie, she's so curious and she's so smart. And she'll, she asks the most interesting questions and follows the threads of her curiosity all the way. And hearing the way you interacted with that child, like that's, that happens multiple times a day for us with Nixie. And it's, mama, look at this. We go deep and then daddy, and then he has to go deep. And, you know, like anyone who's around. And so I'm just like reflecting, like, yeah, because we, we sit in her awe with her, she remains open and her curiosity remains open. Where again, mine just got so violently shut down when I was younger than her, when I was five. And it's taken a lot of work for me as an adult. I mean, I think my curiosity got reawakened through psilocybin at age 16, but just to regain like the confidence in my experiences are real. I can learn a new skill. So I'm just making this connection as you're speaking that to, to not shutting down awe in children. Yeah, you know, because what happens is it's, you know, because our relationship, our plant communication, our plant relationship, it's a continuum. You know, so many people come to me and they say, well, how do I communicate with the plants, right? How do I do this? How, how does this, how does this work? Um, what, what am I supposed to do? What, how, you know, how do I know it's real? And I'm just like, 
We don't start here. It is a continuum. You are you and the whole thing is a continuum and we have to go back from the beginning and remember your your unique gift and how you uniquely do this. And so again, it's a continuum. And when that gets severed, then it's like we get we become disembodied, we become separate. We we lose part of our soul and who we are, you know. And so remembering this piece and, and putting this putting it all back into place, it it really helps us be more whole. I had one student, she is a PhD botanist. (laughs) And so she travels all over the world and she, you know, identifies plants and catalogs them. And she's really into what she does. And she's a major, major scientist. Right. And so she's in class and she's one of those ones that's like, you know, yeah, I'm not really into this. I just want to learn the medicine making, you know? And so she, you know, for a while she did the medicine making, she did, you know, she just was doing it. And, and then one day she was in a ball in the corner and I went, I, so the, we processed what happened to her. And she said, Oh my God, I remember being a little girl like three years ago, sitting out at the edge of the meadow, like singing to all my friends and making a vow that we would be friends forever. <laughs> She's a little three-year-old going, we are the best friends, BFFs forever. We will be friends forever. And she made a vow and a pact to the plants and the, the flowers, right? She, and she had completely forgotten about that. And she was just weeping like, Oh my God, my whole life is from, I'm going to start crying. Oh my God, it's from that, it came from that moment, you know, and she had just forgotten. And now it was just like, it just hooked up. Like everything she was doing now, just, it brought back her awe and her wonder. So that's, it's again, it's like when we can keep that continuum or bring back the threads to that continuum, it just, you know, it hooks our life up. Yeah, I'm going to tell you my story, my first big story. I was thinking about this the other day and I had no plant present with me in this story. So like you don't even necessarily need to have the plant present for this to happen. I have shared this before, but I'm pretty sure I've never ever spoken on the podcast. So it was when my now 16 year old was a baby and she was still nursing. It was when I was in class with you and I was reading a book. I don't remember which book it was, but it gave this exercise for just like getting into a meditative state, which I was like, I don't even know what that means, but I'm just going to try it, you know, and shrinking yourself down really small in your mind and climbing up onto this, onto a plant. So I chose violets because we, her middle name was violet. We had just moved into this little house that had violets growing everywhere. I was like falling in love with violets. And I was just like laying in bed doing this meditation and I climbed up the stem and I got this message. It just came to me. It's like, I didn't hear it or it just all of a sudden knew it said, put me in your ears. And I was like, what? You know, I like consulted the few books I had and was like, there's nothing about putting violet in ears, but they were blooming at the time. So I made an oil. I think I just put them in olive oil and a month later, strained them out, put it in a little dropper. And I was like, I don't really know what to do with this. I guess I'll put it in my ears, you know, and see what happens. So I put the drops in my ears. And then a few minutes later, it was like, um, it was bedtime for her. And so we were sitting in this rocking chair in our room and I was nursing her to sleep, rocking and singing. I always, you know, sang some made up song or other to her to sleep. And, you know, the oil was definitely still in my ears, like the residue and, All of a sudden, it was one of my ears. One of my ears popped, 
And this heat was rushing through my head and through my body. And I could hear my voice in a way that I had never heard it before. Tears were streaming down my eyes. I'm trying to not stop nursing, rocking, or singing because I really want this kid to go to sleep. But I'm having this like super profound physiological experience. And I did this to her every single night. This had never happened. It happened when I put the violets in my ears like I was told to do in that meditation. That's amazing. That's right, Amber, because all the things that the herbs do are not written down. We are on the cusp of, you know, incredible change. There is so much happening. It is our, it is, it is our listening to the natural world that is going to guide us. And so for you to just have that experience. So for you, is Violet one of your main, is Violet one of your allies? Oh yeah. And oh, let, me, yeah. let me add too that um I had so many ear infections as a kid that I have a lot of scar tissue buildup and I I like I don't hear completely correctly. There's like some muffling and stuff. So what happened was that something shifted, something opened, like maybe some scar tissue got moved or you know, something physiological happened. Right. So you had this, you know, again, you can study and read and and but it's like one experience like that with Violet, it becomes so embodied that you you will never have to look up like, oh, what's Violet for? What about that? It's it becomes embodied, it becomes who you are. And it's like even when the memory starts to go, you never forget that because it's embodied learning, right? You could read five books and whatever, but you have that one experience and you know that in your bones. And this is the difference. This is embodied herbalism is when you slow down and not try to learn it all. And you have this one experience with one plant. It's almost like, wow, I'm good. (laughs) I'm good for the whole month or the whole year, whatever. It just takes you so deep right? When you learn through your body and through the communication and through your heart, it, it's the, the depth of what you, you know, I mean, that, that your experience with Violet, that's, you know, you, that, that came, that was direct transmission, direct communication. And someone else who would have done that would have gotten something different. That communication was for you, it's what you needed. Violet does a thousand other things and the next person is going to get something out, but you got communication for you right now in your life. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Direct, direct transmission for where you're at. So it's like keeping our herbal studies relevant <laughs> to yep. the present and to ourselves. Yes. Yeah. That's the thing. And it's like, you know, again, it's like how to, how to, what's it for? What's it for? And it's like, okay, so we, we perceive the plants through our vessel, right? (laughs) Our senses, our heart, our love, our, and then part of that vessel is our community, our family, our loved ones. And, you know, so it's kind of like, um, kind of like, you know, when you talk, when, when we speak, like you and I were speaking, but we're speaking completely different because the sound, the air comes through our vessel. We have all these bones in our head. We have all this resonance. And then the same air comes out in a different way because of, we have a different vessel, right? And it's the same thing with plant communication. We perceive through our heart, our senses, our feelings, our awareness, and the constellation of all of who we are, then it comes, it's, 
That's how it comes through. It's through us. And that's why plant communication and plant relationship is really different for everybody. And everybody's going to get something that based on, you know, the constellation of who we are, you know, so the trick is kind of knowing your game, knowing who you are, knowing how you perceive, how is it that you open the door, right? And it's like, just, and, and, and first just coming back to that, you know, we have this basic human physiology capacity to engage in deeply personal, that's the key thing, personal communication, no matter what our experience. That's the beauty of this. That's what makes it so embodied. Is it so like your experience was so personal. I am thinking about right now, I don't, you just all the plant books I've read over the years is this, this story that repeats this idea that when like early anthropologists and ethnobotanists were spending time with indigenous peoples who are still existing on the planet in the way that their ancestors have for so long. And they have this incredible knowledge of how to use the plants, right? And specifically, I'm thinking of ayahuasca, which, you know, is you take two different plants and mix them together to make that what either one of those plants on their own is not going to give you the ayahuasca experience. And so I'm specifically thinking about that combination, but the same thing has happened so many times when they ask the people, how did you know? And and they assume that ethnobotanists or anthropologists that it's going to be, oh, you know, thousands of generations of trial and error is how we got here. But all of the time, the people say the plants told us. We didn't have to like, we weren't like, let's combine <laughs> every plant in the rainforest together for, you know, however many thousands and thousands of plants there are in there until we have some sort of like psychedelic journey. No, they just, they were told by the plants themselves, the two of us go together and then they had the experience and realized, okay, this is something for us to work with. But even going beyond, you know, that, that psychedelic example into just normal nourishing tonic everyday herbal remedies, the plants told us. Right. And so again, our culture is one of invalidating that whole pathway. Right. And so it's like, really what we're doing is we're, we're building a muscle. We're waking up an organ of perception, you know, we're, we're nurturing this perception so that we can, whatever you want to call it, if you want to call it activation, awakening, reclaiming, revitalizing, remembering, you know, we we are for many of us are in a, pro- a process of reawakening that 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 innate capacity, and so it is. And and we need it. We really need it. Where else is the wisdom wisdom going to come from right now? And is it like within? That's what, I mean. I love herbal medicine. I love herbal studies. I'm a student to this very day, and. It's like, are we going to just keep it in the intellect and, and are we going to put the voice of the earth in the front and center of what we're doing? You know, what is the earth saying now? You know, and it's good. It's good to know everything that's gone before and to have that knowledge. And we can't just only do that. You know, it's, it's like, it's like spirit. Right. It's like when we when we in medicine, when we try to when we try to take spirit out of matter and it's just like a heart that pumps, you know, it's like, no, the spirit of herbalism is your is the is the awe and the and that and that humbling that happens in the presence of the beauty. I mean, how how just like crazy or enamored can you be with a color of a flower? 
you know, how much does beauty have you fall to your knees and just be in humble, just the presence of such beauty, such amazing beings, right? And so just to allow ourselves to be overwhelmed with the incredible beauty, the aroma, the texture, the, the shapes, the colors, right? And to let ourselves just come back to that, really allowing nature to just drop us down a little bit and, and remember. Mm-hmm. Remember. Yeah, I was just going to say like awe and appreciation will get you there. You don't, you don't need some special gift. You don't need a guru to light the way awe and appreciation and just presence. It's, it's innate. It's within you. It's ancestral. It's not outside of you or beyond you. So true. You know, so one of the, one of the, sometimes I like to bring it to a really practical state. Like you walk outside your front door, right? And it's like all the trees, all the plants, all the flowers, the birds, they all, they all know your rhythm. They know when you're going to work. They know when you're driving to school, like the earth around you knows your rhythm. The trees watch you while you watch them, you know? And so we can just, we can be aware of that or not, you know? And so it's like the quality of life of being aware of being observed by the earth and also knowing the cycles and the, and the heart and the, the, the personality of the tree right outside our door, it's just a, such a high quality of life. And so one thing we can do is just by s- starting with what's right around us, like maybe there's a tree at a park or a tree on your street or that you, that you've, you, that you like and you admired, but you've never really said, said, Hey, I would, I would love to get to know you. I would love to learn from you. And that's where like offerings and and saying hello and just taking the time to sit, put your spine to the tree and saying, I may I sit in your presence and I would love to to learn from you. You know, just stopping and taking time with just what's right around us can be so profound. I'm thinking about the epidemic of loneliness and how this is such a part of that. We tend to only focus on the human relationships that are lacking for so many, but we are also all deeply wired for connection with the natural world. And when that is not present, that's a huge loss too, whether we're conscious of it or not. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was walking one time and, and I, I take time, you know, I stop and I be, and I, there was a bay tree and an oak tree and there was just all this, like five plants and trees all in one spot. And they were, the way they were relating. And I was just like, wow, what a miracle. How amazing. What a miracle. And then what I heard back was, and you are also that miracle. You know, so it's like, oh, the earth is so beautiful. It's such a miracle. It's like, no, you are the earth. You are the miracle. Also, you are part of whatever this is. And so when you when you get those messages of like, oh, right, I'm part of this. Like I belong, you know, they really dread. It's yeah, it changes the loneliness game. That is for sure. That is for sure. It's really, it's kind of occurring to me right now. It's really kind of egocentric and like species centric to think that we're disconnected from it to to even think that we're not a part of it i mean it's not any one individual's fault it's the culture but when you really tune into it it's like every other species in existence knows and feels that we're all connected 
Yeah. We, what you were saying earlier, you know, it's like, it's known that when, that the bird, when you hear the birds, they're talking about you. <laughs> like this has been studied, you know, it's like, they're, it's not, you're not, you're not overhearing something that they're like unaware that you're there. They're like, Oh, she's entered our space now or walking in the forest. I've read that, you know, the mycelial mat that's underneath all the soil that it's like the trees know you've entered, they know you're coming. And it's, it's just, it's a, it's a sentient, super sensitive ecosystem wide mind. And you are a part of it and you are known in it. Mm, I love what you just, I love how you just said that. That was beautiful. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, and so just get over thinking that you're top of the food chain. Yeah, exactly. That speciesism, you know, because we're not, (laughs) it's like humble, like bow to the bacteria, right? The unseen. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it seems to me like I mean, the first step is I, I just love how Stephen Buner uses the phrase um, sensory gaining channels. To me, that's just such a beautiful phrase or, you know, the channels of perception, the doors of perception. Like we we know that. Especially as we age, as we get older, as we have experiences, what happens is that our senses narrow to only take in what we expect. And what we have experience with. So like we, we are literally filtering things out all the time through our senses because it's not what we expected to see, hear, taste, smell, feel, or because, yeah, we have no previous experience of it. And it's not hard to consciously sit and work on expanding those apertures. Yeah. And so one one of the easiest way with the plants and the trees and the earth is that my, my experience. So one of the things when I teach is I don't say, Oh, you do it this way. You do it this way. You do it this way because everybody had really truly does have their own journey. But what I do know for sure is that the earth communicates and responds to emotion. Mm. Right. So that is, I know that. And again, I don't try to say, well, this is how it works and this is da da da. But emotion, the earth responds, the plants respond to emotion. And so if you can sit and get into a place where you, you know, I mean, it's how often do you get into nature and you just start kind of, you start crying. It's like, wow, you know, I got to like unleash. Right. So even the the emotion, the the pain, or just if you can find a way of, of love and appreciation, you're so beautiful. Oh my gosh, your color, your, and start feeling real emotion for your tree or your flower. Then that doorway opens much quicker. Like if you, again, emotion, think of, think of how it is to be emotional with your plants and your, and you know, you love them or they remind you of somebody that it, it really that's passed on and you, you're going to cry. Right. So if you can just get into that place of emotion and, and then you have to, and if, if you're listening and you're like, well, I'm not quite sure about that, then you hit up against some cultural barbed wire and that cult, you know, so it's like, how do you really feel like really feel deep down inside about that? You're speaking to the plants and you're expressing your love, right? Like what's, what's, what's your permission? What, what's come up? How were you raised? Where did it get invalidated? And so going through and working through all of that, because 
that it's, it is, it's like a wall that we hit, you know, when we really try to go deep with it, we've got to understand that the walls that are in our way. And it's like, yeah, oh gosh, somebody's going to, I don't want anybody to see me doing that. <laughs> right? <laughs> how, do, how do you really feel about openly where people can see you expressing your love for the earth, right? And talking about it. That's, that's, that's changing culture right there. That's a cultural shift where we can start praying in groups and, and where we can start, you know, at the dinner table or wherever, just talking out loud about how much the earth healed me today. You know, it's like, oh, we all went to the beach and got, you know, we swam and got sun and it was really fun and we barbecued. But why did you go there? You went there for the earth to heal you. You went there for that sun and those waves and that for to be healed, to be cleansed, to be rejuvenated. And so if we can start putting context to all the places that the earth heals us, that changes culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ah, oh, just makes me so sad that we're not living in these intact earth-based cultures like we could all be so happy (laughs) we could all be like so healed i don't know humans we we, humans tend to make things complicated (laughs) that's true but i mean yeah better than this yeah that's traumatized you know more related more connected more and just it's like you have friends wherever you go. Like I never, ever, I do not feel loneliness from, you know, I don't know. I go outside in the trees. I am nurtured and I am loved. I travel someplace 3000 miles away and there's dandelion and plantain. And I'm like my friends. (laughs) So we are, we are not alone. We, we just, you know, it's like the earth is our mother. The earth is our mother. We just forgot, not all of us, but I think we just forgot maybe that she loves us and that she's there and she nurtures us and we are always nurtured and cared for. Mm-hmm. Mm, it's reminding me of another story from that same period in my life, living in that same house when... So I was taking my daughter, she's probably two or three at this time. And I had found a few minutes walk from that place. Um, There was a park and there was kind of this wild outskirt of the park. There was um, nettles, still the only wild nettles patch I found in my county. Tons of mugwort. That was like my big mugwort connection was this place. But there was an apartment complex that bordered it. And we were walking towards there. We came around the corner and there was the hawthorn tree was in full bloom. Oh. And I was like, ah! <laughs> threw my arms up. I think I had tears in my eyes. I ran towards it. And then from the apartment complex balcony, there's this guy like basketball jersey, like sagging shorts, shaved head. And he was on his phone and he was like, the fuck is this crazy bitch doing right now? And he was like narrating <laughs> my reaction. <laughs> and it was like, I hadn't even thought that what I was doing was weird until that moment, you know? And I still didn't. I was like, oh, this poor guy, he can see this blooming Hawthorne from his apartment and he doesn't even care. <laughs> yeah, I love that story. <laughs> He's going to have something to talk about. <laughs> Yeah, that's a great story. (laughs) It's just, you know, so it's like, yeah, I mean, we don't own the land we live on, right? We're stewarding it for those who come next. And how do we learn to deeply care for the earth where we live? How do we create a cultural 
premise of partnering with the earth? How do we set our space, our awareness, our intention in a way that's more in alignment with, you know, matching the vibration of the earth Mm. so that we can receive what the earth is teaching and just being fearless about it. You know, it's like, I'm just like, you go to bat with all those pictures that say you're crazy and just be like, no, this is, this is how we're going to move forward. This is what's going to, this is what's going to carry us. This is the pathway Mm. forward. And I think actually this is why people, this is one of the major things that psychedelics do for people, which is why one of the reasons they're having such a comeback right now is, is that they open those sensory gating channels. And like, this is why people always say the best, the best place to be when you're going to open your sensory gating channels is in nature. Yeah. It's a remembrance. It's a pure remembrance of like our deeply human hominid animal plant fungal earth ancestry Mm -hmm. truly like i that's i mean i've had very few psychedelic experiences but they've been very strong and with each one i was like oh yeah i am the earth we we're all literally we are all made of earth like our bodies exist because of the minerals and the nutrients that come from the earth and which before that came from the cosmos yeah and so what well also what i love is that you know, just because I've been teaching people from all walks of life, I learned how to open those gateways and open that sensory perception through breath, through move, through without psychedelics. It's like you can do it with your own breath. You can do it with your own consciousness. You can do it with your with different meditations. And I have over like I think around 50 over 50 now meditations that were given to me. They're not all meditations. Some of them are guided, just, just ways, just techniques of opening these gateways to, to the earth. And they're literally, I would be teaching and it would be like, do this. And then I would do it. So I have a lot of really amazing that have track records of thousands of people accessing through these really simple techniques that just involve your own physiology, your own breath. Right. And it's just, it's really not that far away. And part of it is really training your brain to remember right? Just doing some of them over and over again. And then pretty soon it just opens. It's not that far away. No. Yeah. And my, I've actually never had a psychedelic mediated plant communication experience. My point was just that that tends to be, that seems to me like the number one thing people get when they open their sensory gating channels is, is connection with nature and is remembering that they are nature. I thought of something earlier that I I wanted to speak because I think it's interesting. Like when you said, you know, that Violet gave me the message that I need. And that's true. But I've also been in enough like group herbal classes where we all go off and sit with a plant and then we come back. And every time, if two or more people ended up sitting near the same plant, they will have a somewhat similar experience. They will say something similar. Like I'm specifically thinking of one time up in the high Sierra with Kathy Cavill, when three of the participants, so we're like in the wild, right? We're in the woods. Three of the participants came back and like they were explaining the way their plant looks like low growing and sort of, I don't know how to describe the leaves. That I am not a botanist, but they all got really like agitated when they were sitting by it. And we're like, oh, it was just like, Dr-dr-dr. and it was Kikidizzy is the Nisanon name for the plant. But what the miners called it was mountain misery. 
And so all of these people felt that like, and they weren't even touching it or interacting, like taking it internally in any way. They were just sitting near it and they all just kind of got like, and, you know, I just remember Kathy being like, you guys all sat by mountain misery, which clearly the miners had the similar, you know, experience because they named it that. Right, right. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, well, that's how people all over the world ended up, you know, you, you have this, they, it's used in the same way, uh, we find out, and those people weren't communicating, you know, the plants, yeah, they can be, it can be very personal, but it can be um, a, a big picture. There's so many layers to what we can, we can receive. And I, I remember, you know, all, all, for a long time of my herbalism, I always was just waiting for that grandmother to show up. You know, I always dreamt that I, I wish I had a grandmother that could just take me under her wing and teach me everything. And it just never had, it just didn't exist for me in my culture and my lineage. And so I had to just formally apprentice myself to the earth, you know? And I remember one of the very first things I was guided to do was like I was getting to know plantain and I would just go out and I would eat a little bit of plantain every day for months. You know, it's like a sacrament. It's like, okay, I'm paying attention. I'm listening. I am actually, I'm coming here every day, you know, like these little offerings and rituals and ways that you can let the earth know that you're paying attention because the earth notices if you're paying attention. That's why we build little shrines. That's why we build little altars and things in our gardens because it's a place where we can come and the earth knows that we're listening and we're paying attention. You know what I what my main offering has always been is singing. Yes. It's just a little made up, stupid, silly song, you know, but it's like with such intention and joy and the, the desire for connection, a thank you. It's a thank you song. Yeah. The earth feels that the earth feels the joy and the love that comes through the sound. She absolutely feels that. And so that is, that is, that's you. That's your beauty. I, uh, I'm going to tell one more story. I, I, in the very early days when I was studying with Michael Moore, he used to take people on these wild, 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 wild crafting trips, wild, wild crafting trips. <laughs> and like, we would travel like a thousand miles. Everybody's in their cars, you know, there's no cell phones. So you had to like stay behind the car in front of you or you'd get lost. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'd be lost for like a day and then you'd be trying to find a pay phone and but you're out in the middle of nowhere I mean it was crazy so we were in the Ozarks and um so I had a team there were three of us that were like we were a little pod and so you get there and it's like okay there's this plant this plant this plant this plant you go harvest this you go harvest this you go harvest this you go harvest this and then we'd be like go out harvest it I mean it was just it was so oh my gosh <laughs> anyway I was gonna go harvest wild yam and I went and I found this patch and I didn't know where I was. I was, I had never been there before, but I found a patch of wild yam and I had my little bag of all the little bundle offerings. I, I bundle all of like my rosemary and lavender sticks and I make little, I put beads on them and I have little offerings. So I was like, Oh, here's your offering. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to dig you now. And the plant just came up to me and went like this. No, you're not. Mm. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. So how did you how did you perceive the no? Yeah, I'm telling you. Okay. So he was like, I'm gonna tell you. So like, you know, I'm like, no, I, I, but they're waiting for me and they're getting me this, and I got this, and there was then and the plant just like started talking. I could hear it, but it wasn't like it was like in my head, I could hear it. And the plant was just like, no, I'm sorry, that's not really an offering. Mm. That's how you get religion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this, this, if you want 
to really make an offering, you have to stop and give me your heart and speak to me. And not just when you just think you can say your prayer and incantation and give the, give the offering and then get your way. That's not what an offering is. Like offering is if you, as a spirit, you're here with me, connecting with me, making the offering of your presence and your will. And you just like went on and on. I was just like, Oh my God. Okay, yeah, I completely get it. That's the difference between religion and spirituality. That's a major life lesson I got here. And it was just such a big teaching that I was just ready to like give my offering, you know. And um, and I went back completely empty-handed. But that is such a powerful teaching. Wow. So you listened. You weren't like, but I need I need the wild EM. It's my job. Oh no. Yeah. No. The, the plant was like calling me out. <laughs> Wow. You know? And I'm, I'm coachable. I'm willing to be called out, you know? Yeah. Well, okay. I, I want to dig into this a little more for people who are listening and have never had this experience and maybe wouldn't trust themselves. Like, how did you get that message? Were you hearing words or was it just like a complete download transmitted into you that you knew what was trying to be? So that's, that's where it's so important to know your continuum. Like what's your continuum? do you have knowingness? Do you, so it's like, you know, for me, I had, I had reconnected with how I perceive. So see, when you go back and you connect with all your early memories, you, you, you see what it feels like in your body to know you feel what it feels like. And then you can bring that feeling and bring those little things that your body does into the future. If you're just starting right now, you're just like, well, I don't know. Because because you don't you don't know your pathway, you don't know your continuum, you don't like know your game, right? And so it's like a long time ago, I went to a, a conference on um, dowsers, and there was an Irish, an old Irish dowser there, and he said, "I started dowsing with my grandpa when I was little, and I learned a little as a little kid that the way I knew there was water is that my lip would twitch, mm. <laughs> and I would get a, a twitch in my lip." And that's how I knew I learned it as a kid. And so now I'm like, you know, 70 years old and I get a lip twitch. <laughs> so you don't know if you haven't, you know, you got, we, you got to go back and do the work. That's what we do in the plant wisdom course. We do the work so that you know what your unique way of knowing is. Cause otherwise it's like, wait a minute. Did I just make that up? Like, what is that? Just some things in my head. It's like I already knew how I knew. I know what it feels like in my body to know. And also my, my game is that I grew up with a grandmother that she was Irish. Um, her grandmother came from Ireland and they were like, everybody talked about them, like how they couldn't sleep on the full moon and how my grandmother told me, like, you look into my eyes and I can tell if you're telling me the truth, look in my eyes. And she said, and you can do that too for the rest of your life. And she would just, you know, she was one of those ones that like when something was going on, she would show up the doorstep. She had strong knowing and she imparted that to me. Like you can just know, you know, I had permission to just be like, Oh, I'm thinking about someone. I'm going to call them, you know, and she would, you know, she would, something would be going on and she'd be like, she would just show up, you know? And so that's part of my game is like, I had permission to know, but anyway, that's just going back. Not everybody has that. And, but when you learn, when you go back into all your memories, your then you start to know how you know. If you're just starting out right now, it's going to be really hard. But see, the thing is, you're not just starting out right now. You have a continuum. We just have to do a little work to remember it. 
that answer your question? Yep. And Cami, I truly believe that everyone does know. Mm-hmm. It, it does like, okay, so you had your grandmother, maybe people don't have anyone in their direct lineage who they knew who right. did themselves and they're knowing like that, but for sure in their ancestry, there are hundreds of thousands of people who had the intuition and the knowing and you have it too. And the only issue is the culture that you grew up in and how many places it's been blocked by that barbed wire. That's right. That's right. That's me, why it's just just doing a little, it's amazing. Even just doing a little bit of guided, or it doesn't even have to be guided, but I do that. I help people do that. I help you just like rip away the barbed wire. Mm-hmm. Again, it is, it's diff, that path is different for everybody, but it it's not very far away. It really isn't. No, it's not. At this age, I trust myself so completely. And it's to the, like, I know it's going to happen before it happens. I make it happen very easily. Not, not that there's not a lot of hardship as well, but like (laughs) there's a whole lot less effort for me to know what needs to happen and what's going to happen next for the highest or best or whatever unfolding of my life than there was when I was younger. And I had so many blocks up. Yeah. So good for your daughters. I'm so grateful. Just everything that you are and you're doing. And then, you know, it's really just bringing, it's about holding this for the next generation, right? You're doing that. You're doing that for your daughters. The more work we do for on ourselves and reclaiming that, you know, making ourselves whole again, step-by-step, it's like we hold that for the ones coming through. Absolutely. We're like, and it's like, we're in a, generations that are re reclaiming and then re giving ourselves permission and, and lots of people like at the beginning of the path need to be given that permission. And soon they'll realize that they could have given themselves the permission the whole time, but you know, it's, it's just, it's a reclaiming of our innate knowing. Yeah. You know, I just want to briefly mention, and like, this will be, it's just so sad to think that this will be irrelevant soon, but did you know that Steven Buner is dying? Yeah. So I don't know. I just, I felt like I mentioned him earlier and then I was reflecting on all the, you know, the books and the permission given that he has done for so many people, the opening the doors of, of perception that have been very helpful. Absolutely. So like honor our elders, you know, and honor those, that generation, his generation, it wasn't easy. And it wasn't an easy time to put that, you know, claim that that line in the sand and say, we're going to stand for this and we're going to teach holistic and herbal and bring that back. It was not an easy time. You know, it's, people don't realize you, you were really outcast. Right. And I mean, you shared your story earlier of the the brain tumor that the medication gave you. I mean, Here's someone who has spent decades speaking about the failings of modern medicine, and now his death is being hastened by the failings of modern medicine. You know, he has a Facebook post up from, I think it's September 12th. This is 2022, if anyone wants to find it. But I was just like, gosh, the, the like horrible irony of, of that, of all he's done for people. And then in the end, mistakes of modern medicine have hastened his death. Yeah, it's, it's everywhere. It's, um, and it's, we, we need to still be talking about that loud and clear. You know, I'm living in a college town right now and around a lot of college kids and I love them all. And boy, they really are 
have been marketed to very well for the -the over-the-counter medications. You know, it's just like, take the Advil, take the ibuprofen, take the, you know, and so I just think, gosh, I hope that the work we're doing is gonna is gonna make a dent because that voice, that the 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 river of misinformation coming out through the pharmaceutical propaganda line is loud and clear. And uh, we really need to fortify our, the, the, just the beautiful knowledge that we have access to. And really there is another way, you know, it's, there is another way than reaching for potential medical medicines that could potentially have lifetime damaging issues. There's other things we can do first. Yes. I'm just going to touch on one other thing real quick that I've heard you say, which I love, which I think it it goes along with this overwhelm that people feel with their herbal studies, which is that you can't be friends with everyone. (laughs) You don't need to know all the medicinal properties of every plant. (laughs) Right. Can't be friends with everyone. Are you one of those people that you're like, I want to be friends with everybody. (laughs) I have so much more discernment now around my human relationships. And I have learned that, I like, I will make more plant friends, but I have my solid, I've got my crew, you know, they're my buddies. And I like going ever deeper with them at this point in my life, more so than just piling on more and more information about more plants. That is just, I will just ditto that right there. I will just ditto that right there. You are so much better knowing a lot about, you know, fewer, going deeper, just developing these deeper relationships. And, you know, I mean, just one simple thing, it's like, I remember when turmeric started becoming, you know, popular and I was like, turmeric, what? You know, none of my teachers had even talked about turmeric. Even my Ayurvedic teacher hadn't talked about turmeric that much. And I was like, okay, I better learn about turmeric, you know, like turmeric, turmeric. And then I still like, okay, yeah, I like it. I like my golden milk, but eh. But they were like, well, how you can be an herbalist if you don't know about turmeric? It's the number one, it's the number one most Googled herb on the planet right now. I'm just like, it's, you know, I just don't, I, I don't know. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it's great. It's fine. I like it, but it's just not one of my besties. Yeah. You, we don't have to know it all. <laughs> and that, that I will tell you right there, that will put a, like a clamp. It will constrict your herbal studies. It will constrict the joy in your, in your herbal studies. So I was at a gathering, I don't know, years ago, and there was a woman there who was almost 70 who had been teaching herbal medicine for decades. She'd, she'd changed thousands of people's lives. And we were, it was at, we actually was at a wedding and we ended up sitting, sitting next to each other. And I said, so how's it going? And she's like, well, you know, I just feel like there's this whole new thing and I really need to learn about it. And I just don't know enough. And I was just like, OMG, <laughs> you too. You, you queen who have just transformed so much, even deep down inside, you have this, like, I don't know enough. I got It's like that voice. We have got to just go to bat with that voice because that it takes, it sucks your joy. You know, you will never know enough. Yeah. You know, you don't have to, I just, I just looked and I said, I just said, even I go, are you kidding me? <laughs> You know enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know enough. You are enough. <laughs> your your existence on the earth is enough. You have a human body and a human nervous system, and that is all you need to step into relationship with the earth and the plant allies that are gonna be your crew. Okay, so tell us, Cami, when 
When we really reconnected deeply a few years ago, I was just so thrilled, so thrilled to see that you were taking everything you had taught me and all the other women, thousands of women in person over years of intensives and apprenticeships and taking that online so that anyone anywhere can access. I think like over a thousand of my audience members and friends and followers have signed up for your courses over time and they love it. It's just, it's like such a gift for me to be a bridge between you and the people who listen to my podcast and follow me online. And I'm really excited about your plant wisdom course. This is, this is next level. This is like, you know, the handcrafted healing herbal oils is wonderful. And it's very specifically medicine making focused. This is larger. This is wider. Um, so Dad, tell us about the plant wisdom course. Yeah. So this is what, you know, I mean, really what I say is, is this is what allows everything else to stick. You know, this is what allows all the, the, the indications, the contraindications, the metamorphosis making takes all that, you know, it's this, this foundation is what allows everything else to stick and become really relevant and present. And so we're, I'm doing plant wisdom, activate your plant communication skills and, um, we're going to work, we're going to just discover how to listen accurately, interpret and confidently apply messages you receive directly from the plants. And so right now there's a, a, a free, you can get in and there's a, I'm going to be doing a webinar and a talk, and I'm going to guide you through some of the very first steps that we do in class. And so that you can get a feel for the, the whole process of how we activate, how we, you know, the whole process of, um, just, you know, understanding our history and accessing our own innate capacity and activating our ability to receive guidance from the plants and then how to interpret and then how to apply. How do you apply it to your life? Like, what does it mean to, to actually use some of this in your life? And so, yeah, it's, I love this work. I love this work. This is where this is where herbalism becomes like who we are and what we create and how we are going to change this world. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, like people know how this works by now. What, what's the launch period? The webinar is on the 6th and the 7th of October, and then we're going to have, I'm going to be answering questions about the, the lessons that are the free lessons that I put out during that period. And then, you know, what we usually do is we, we're open for a week where you can watch all the free lessons, and then we close enrollment on um, October Friday, October 14th. And the reason why we do that is because you, it's, it's, you know, enrollment, like I answer hundreds and hundreds of questions during enrollment. And that way we close enrollment and then I can get in class. And this class, um, I am going to be live streaming the entire class. So this is going to be a live class. So my other classes are really good there. You know, my herbal oils class is great. You, you can watch everything on video and then I'm there for live Q and a, but this class, I'm going to actually live stream the course. And so we're going to do the course together and, um, but you don't have to do the live stream. You it will all be recorded. I will answer all your questions, you know, because some people can make the live stream and some people can't. Don't let that stop you. Like, oh, I can't make the live stream time or whatever. Don't let that stop you. <laughs> um, the live stream is just an extra added bonus and I'm going to go through the course with you. Okay. So some people like 
that. Some people you can, or you can just watch the videos later and do the homework and do the, do it. You can do all the, everything on your own. And I have students that come back and do this year after year. So, so, the, so these meditations, the guided, the exercises, all the things that we do in class, they are also still things that I do to this day. So it's not like I'm, oh, I've done my, you know, I've done my work. I know my, my, you know, all my awe stories and all my being called stories. Like, no, I don't. I still do these meditations. And I, I mean, just recently I got another calling story that just like blew my mind. It was like, oh my God, I didn't remember that at all. And here I am, look how far I am into it. I am. So this is something that is alive at any time. You know, it it brings life to your herbal learning at, at any stage. I love it. And you are um, super present in the courses. It's not like, you know, a lot of people set up their course so that they can then just sell it, have their sales page live all the time and not really have to engage, which like, honestly, that's how I would want to do it if I ever did a course. Um, but you're really there. Like you're, yeah, you're present for people. You're answering questions. It's like, it's your oh, job. Yeah. It's your job. I spend hours every day with my students with, you know, every day. Yeah. I'm, I'm there. Like (laughs) I've I've been at your house. You, you do that. Like that it's your work. You created this as your job. You put all the time into making your courses and then you are present with the people, your students day in and out. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, I even, I feel more passionate. It's like, you know, again, we are entering a time of really unprecedented change in my lifetime. And the earth is asking us to listen and reawaken our capacity to bring her voice to the table. And so you can join me in a circle of plant lovers as we actively listen to the plants and the profound healing and guidance that is available for all of us at this time. Yeah. Do you want to share the story that you just uncovered about the calling? Oh, oh my God. <laughs> you know, I might cry. <laughs> you know, yeah. Okay. So I, I did my, you know, I went to on a journey with the intention to remember one of my first calling stories or one of my first in, connections. So then all I just saw one image. I just saw the image of a walnut tree. Like, oh, okay, walnut, walnut, okay, walnut. I just, that's that's it, right? You never know what you're going to get. And then I was like, well, walnut, you know, walnuts are really good for the brain. Maybe I need to do some walnut oil or maybe I need to eat more walnuts, blah, 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 blah. And so then <laughs> it was like the cu- a couple days went by and then it was like, oh, walnuts, oh my God. So I grew up. And we had an orchard of walnuts in our backyard uh, behind our house. And my grandfather, my grandfather and his mother, they were gleaners. And we lived in an area where there was a lot of nuts and, um, you know, almonds and when there were nuts grew really well. And so my grandpa, I can, I, all of a sudden I started to remember all the times with him when we were like out gleaning walnuts, like we were picking walnuts and picking walnuts and picking more walnuts. And he would have sacks of walnuts and it, you could not go over to his house unless you were in you, you had to crack walnuts. <laughs> I am really good at cracking walnut. I can crack walnuts without a cracker and get two halves perfectly. So anyway, my childhood, I, I grew up cracking walnuts and then they made walnut candy and walnut bread and walnut this. And, and it was just my heritage. All the, my great grandmother's walnut candy it was walnuts were infused into our culture. 
And then they cut down the walnut orchards and they cut down all the walnut orchards and then the walnuts disappeared. And I can remember one walnut tree at the very end of my grandfather's life and going, okay, we got to go get the walnuts from that tree that's way out in the middle of nowhere. And then we, we, you know, but it was like, it went away. This was like a massive cultural inheritance ritual that I, that was, I, I can see the buckets of walnuts, you know, at my grandfather's hearth and it, and it, it got taken, you know, that the trees all got cut down. And I just remembered I, that P I had forgotten about that, that heritage. And I realized that I really missed it. And I, I had, I cried a lot. <laughs> Nobody, the main thing, what I realized was it had not been acknowledged. Nobody acknowledged that all the trees went away, all the walnut candy, the, it, it wasn't acknowledged, you know, it just disappeared. Yeah. That, and that is why I love um, guided meditations and just inner work in general is we are so vast. Our histories and our family histories are so multi-layered and complex and multi-dimensional and things do get forgotten they get put by the wayside they they're left unhealed and so I'm just you know if people who listen to my podcast know I'm such a fan of any kind of work that is helping to excavate what has been buried mm-hmm. um, I'm so glad I asked I'm so glad I asked <laughs> oh it was very emotional because it was like my childhood yeah. and it was like the tree was showing me that I had forgotten that piece of my childhood you know and, I, and so yeah and how much lineage how much tradition I had been given mm-hmm. you know we're all looking for what what were what were the threads of our tradition I was like Oh yeah, that that the medicine of that food, right? So you know, it gives me hope, Cami, that I just realized that mm-hmm. I feel like maybe my generation, especially you're you're like twenty years older than me, somewhere in between our generations is where like this big reclaiming is happening, also with like the younger millennials. But so I really feel like it was my my grandparents generation that really started to turn away from the earth ways of knowing like my great grandparents still knew that stuff yeah I knew I knew four of my great grandparents as a child in the 80s and so like what that means is it only took one or two and then the boomers like things got really broken for the boomers their their children my grandparents children what that means is it was only one or two generations before humanity started going "Mm -mm, no we got to get back I want to reclaim what was lost. And obviously it's not everyone. It's not the whole culture, but it's a lot of us and it's everyone who's listening right now. And so I just had the thought like that, that gives me a lot of hope that it didn't take hundreds or thousands of years before people started going, wait, <laughs> no, we got to get back to the earth ways. Like it took like 50 years. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. It's like, yeah, you can, you can feel, you know, it's like, it's like, oh yeah, I like all the monographs and the books and the blogs and the how-tos and, you know, but it's like this gap, it undermines your access to the depth of what the plants have to offer and the full healing potential. And we go, wait a minute, I want the full healing potential. You know, I can feel it. There's more, you know, <laughs> and, and I want access to that feeling of peace right in my or and satisfaction in my herbal studies i want to feel peaceful and satisfied and joyful yeah, connected and and with so many of us i love what you said earlier that you just like wanted a grandmother to show up like you know totally same same 
But since almost all of us are coming from lineages that were broken around um, earth knowledge, what we do have, okay, it's kind of like what I already said, but what we do have is our human bodies and our nervous systems. And that's what they had too. Like they, God didn't come down and hand them a tablet. You know, they also learned everything that they knew about herbalism and the plants and the earth and the animals and the water and themselves through their own bodies and nervous systems in relationship with those things. Yeah. We're yeah. Yeah. It's here and there, you know, and, and there is, you know, I've put together like a little framework for how to like open all that up, you know, <laughs> and yeah. just walk through that door. Yeah. So, Thank you. Kim, and- you are, you're a door opener. <laughs> yeah. May, may, may we find our way back to the mother and remember, remember who we are on this earth and contribute and participate in the healing of all things. Yes. That's why we're here. And so, and anyone who listened this far, that's why they're here too. And so of course I'll have the link to plant wisdom course in the show notes and to you and everything that you do. And yeah, this is your fourth appearance. So people can just search for Cami McBride medicine stories to hear the first few, especially the first interview, which I believe is episode 20, where we talk more about your ancestry and your childhood, which is really cool. I didn't know those things about you until that interview. And I, I still, I love that, that medicine story sharing. <laughs> so thank you, Cami. I love you so much. I'm so grateful for you. Thank Amber. Thank you. I'm so grateful for everything that you do and for all the people you're reaching and for everybody that your life if you have been touched by Amber, you you just know that her heart, she's just so pure and so the intention of the healing is just so profound and beautiful. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Cammy. How wonderful is Cammy? <laughs> I know you all love her just as much as I do. So as a reminder, Cammy has it's an hour and 15 minute long video that's over at the Medicine Stories Patreon. It's called Your Plant Communication Continuum. When were you first called by the plants? Who in your family held the wisdom of earth-based knowledge? Even if it was generations ago, you can rekindle the awareness that this way of working with the plants is in your family line. How do we access the living wisdom of the earth? We begin by asking. It's a beautiful introduction to this work. I also will have links in the show notes to her free workshop and webinar if you're listening to this in the time period that those are available, which will be, you know, right after it's released here in early October 2022, and then to the Plant Wisdom online course. I am also linking in the show notes to Stephen Buner's post about his imminent death and the exact medical mistakes that were made that led to it. I am also linking to, he's having him and his partner, a book sale of his sort of rarer, some of them are pretty expensive, but not all of them books, which is being used as a fundraiser to support them during this time. So that link will be there too. I'm sure it you know, won't be live if you're listening to this far into the future, but there it is. 
I'm going to tell a really quick story too, because this literally just happened. Like I just recorded the intro that you heard at the beginning. And then right as I was going to record this outro, my phone lit up and I looked over at it and I saw this email that just came in that just is connected in all these ways to this way that a particular plant has been calling me lately. And it just made me think about how, you know, in this realm of plant communication, it can come in so many different ways. And for me with this story, so my friend, Holly Jean, she's Wild Omen on Instagram and wildomen.com. I can link to her too. I don't know, maybe a year ago, maybe less, she listed this blue vervain elixir. And blue vervain is sort of one of those plants that like, I know it exists. I've heard of it in the herbal world. It doesn't grow where I live. I've never seen it in the wild and I've never seen it growing at all, actually. But I felt called to order it and I did and I loved it. So this was the plant communicating to me through taste. It's bitter. Her elixir has some honey in it. It just, I was just like, oh, this is for me. This is mine. And then the spring when Owen and I were buying seeds to plant. We, there was blue vervain at our local garden store. And we were like, oh, let's do this. And it was hard to start. Owen, bless his soul, made it happen. And it was time to harvest recently. And with everything that's going on that I talked about in the beginning, being in escrow, my father, running the business, the kids, everything, you know, this podcast, we like kept not harvesting it. And then finally we did. We did just in time. He did just in time. Um, He made a tincture of it. You know, when the tincture is done steeping, we're going to add honey and have that. It's not enough to sell. But I am really happy that we're going to have like a large amount because it feels, when I taste it, it feels like my medicine. And then, you know, whatever pulled me when Holly Jean posted about it. So as I'm just about to record this, I look at my phone and I get an email. I haven't even like opened my phone yet. This is just on my, you know notifications from Sage Popham, who's been a guest twice on the podcast. You can go find those if you'd like. Oh, Stephen Buner was a guest as well. He's episode eight. I really recommend that episode. It's just so beautiful. And if you have never read his books, if you are interested in plant communication, in opening your heart to the messages from the earth, Stephen Herod Buner's books are unparalleled. And we do talk a bit about that in that conversation as well, episode eight. But this email is from Sage Popham because I am part of his Vitalist Herbal online program. And plant profile, Blue Vervain. Type A personality, this remedy is made just for you. (laughs) So I don't know. I don't know if I'm type A personality. I guess I've never thought about that or been told I'm that, but I am like an overperformer, Brene Brown calls it. It's typical of first children. And, you know, like I run this business. I'm a mom. I'm a homeowner. I'm buying a new home and about to sell this one. I'm about to sell my great-grandmother's home that my dad's been living in down near Bakersfield. I run multiple parts of this business. Like I, I've been feeling crazy lately with the thousand tabs that are open in my brain at all times because I'm getting everything done. Like, I mean, I'm sure so many of you resonate with this, right? Like adulting kind of basically, but at this 
age and stage in my life, I'm adulting harder than I ever have. And it's so hard. Like, you know, I just broke down crying the other day, so stressed and overwhelmed and just wanting my mom really, but, you know, just like living in the modern world, (laughs) we all have so many tabs open in our brain. And I didn't really realize that this was like what Blue Vervain was for. And so just that popping up in my email, I'm like, thank you, Blue Vervain, for calling to me. Months ago, I brought the medicine home. Now I have my own steeping because that little bottle from Wild Omen is almost gone. And gosh, it just, it literally sounds like exactly, exactly what I need. And the other day I picked the bottle up and I was thinking about my upcoming interview with Cami and like, okay, let's kind of get out of my like beta brain waves, my type A, whatever, and and feel what this what this plant in this bottle right now has to tell me. And what happened was I sat down on the couch and I just like whoosh, like my body just melted, all the tension went out of it. I like flopped over, started stretching. Oh, ooh, just had a little back pop. So you know, not super dramatic, overwhelming story, not like the violet in my ears story, but when we open ourselves to relationship with the plants, they can weave magic into our lives and communicate with us in so many ways. And so just getting that email a second before push and record made me want to share that story too. All right. You can check out our herbal and mushroom medicines at mythicmedicine.love, all sorts of stuff, body oils, our new oil with St. John's Wort and Mugwort. Mm, So good. I've been using it constantly as well as our new earth essence, kinship woven in deep time. You can read all about them there at mythicmedicine.love. We have sleep remedy, heart remedy, wonderful mushroom medicines are out of reishi right now, but that'll be back in stock oh, soon, hopefully by the winter time. Um, you can also take our really fun quiz, which healing herb is your spirit medicine. I was just able to update it so that you don't have to put your email in to get your results. But if you'd like to be on our newsletter, then do put your email in to get your results. Uh, okay. Thank you so much for listening. It is a pleasure and an honor to do this podcast. And I'm so, so grateful for all of you for being here. And gosh, I hope that this conversation, and if you choose to dive deeper with Cami, which is one of the best decisions I ever made in my life, um, that you have some incredible stories of plant communication soon and that you share them with your loved ones.